Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, kind of a weird weekend, Slee. Dodgers are out. The Rams win in a weird game. Lakers get their first win of the season. It's a million-dollar Monday. We're going to give away a chance to win a million bucks at some point in the show today. Plus Rams Titans. Plus Rams Titans tickets. There's a lot going on today. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we got, uh, by the way, we got a lot of callers uh, lined up as well. Stay with us here at 877-710-ESPN. So we were talking and we mentioned about the Dodgers, the strategy, how they ended the season. Mm Mm-hmm. And you keep going back to this, which, listen, how can I sit here and really make a case against what you're saying? Ultimately, they decided, let's try to win the division. And that was one of five different strategies that was going on. But one of the decisions was, let's. they were always just close enough to the Giants where you didn't feel like you can pull the plug. Well, But they were also (laughs) just far enough to where you can also make a case of, okay, guys, hey, we're two games back, two weeks to go. It was always something like that, right? So this is why I think the Dodgers went for the division. More than anything else, you said, what gives the Dodgers the best chance to win a World Series? What gives them the best chance? And if it was resting some of these key starters at the end, listen, anybody who was watching Dodgers baseball and don't think that these guys just ran out of gas, got injured, but they ran out of gas. Yes. I mean, that that's that was a conversation we were having before they even went back to Atlanta. Sure. Before game five, I think we were having that conversation as well. They just looked tired. They looked spent. They looked spent. And there's a reason for it. 106 wins, wild card game against St. Louis, a five-game grueling match that goes war. right to the end against brutal the San fight. Francisco Giants. And then before you know it, you're down 0-2 to the Atlanta Braves. Okay, so with that being said, that strategy leading up, I think – I think one of the things that the Dodgers kept in mind going into that final two weeks or so, mm-hmm. in order for us to win a World Series, we know how risky it is to play the St. Louis Cardinals, a squad that had won 17 games in a row at some point, lost a few towards the end there, but I think they had already locked up what they needed. The wild card uh, race was over. Reds were out. Padres were out. All these other teams were out. I think they felt, Trav, that no, yes, the strategy that you're talking about, you're 100% right. The strategy that you're referring to, the only thing that should matter is setting us our, setting ourselves up for the World Series. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that strategy was we want to stay the hell out of this one one game uh, playoff, which, by the way, went to nine innings. Yeah, you needed a you needed, you needed a walk, a walk off, off home run to win the, the game. It, it could have easily they could have easily their season no question could have about ended it. on that of, night. Of course it could have. And look, I'm not saying that the way that I wanted to do it was without risk. There was a ton of risk involved. But you ended up having that same amount of risk doing it the other way. The the Giants and this is a really bad explanation, but I believe it in my heart. Yep. Sometimes you can just see that it ain't going to happen. Sure. You can just feel it that the Dodgers Most went, times you can see. Yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to get the numbers a little bit wrong here. The Dodgers went something like 20-4 and four over the last part of the season. But about halfway through that, you're like, the Giants are doing it too. They're not picking they're, up ground. They're, they're, they're not pick gaining up a game. any ground. Yeah. And at some point, 
rest becomes more valuable than missing that one game. And I thought that in that Colorado series, that was about the point that did it. Now, they beat the Giants. They went in, they won the wild card game, but it was just, then Muncie goes down, then Kershaw is down, and then Kelly is down, and Turner. then Turner is down. Mm-hmm. It was just one guy after, and then on top of all of this, Lee, nobody really hit, with the exception of Cody Bellinger, which is awesome. Cody Bellinger, how about, how great is this? Cody Bellinger hit 160 during the regular season. What are you doing in the playoffs? 160, over 300. He was fantastic, and he hit he hit the ball for power. He got on base. He was stealing. He was a threat. He put pressure. If there's something about this that you come back to, you feel pretty good about that. The rest of it, you got a whole bunch of questions about what comes next. You got five big time free agents. You've got Kershaw, Taylor. You've got Seager. You've got Kenley. You've got Scherzer. You've got a bunch of guys that you need to make. There's no there's no chance all five of those guys all five of those of guys not. are back. No, you're going to have not. to make some decisions. Do some phone calls here. 877-710-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We're taking some Dodger calls and how you feel about the end of that season. Let's start at Corona with Alex. Alex, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. I just wanted to say that it's it's a, definitely a philosophical thing like you guys were talking about. It's just that they uh, – you know, I talked to Steve Sachs about this a couple weeks ago, and basically what it is is that you know, these guys are being taught how to hit a ball with launch angle, bottom third of the baseball. I mean, my son saw everything for a while when, when he was uh, his hitting coach. And basically, they're all being taught the same way now. So, so that being said, basically, if I look at the team, I think the team is built for the regular season. Because once postseason rolls around, they just don't do the little things well. And if you look at the Dodgers in particular, the defense – they, they basically they've given up the defense for the offense, right? So they want to score. They score 11 runs a game, but yet they can't score, you know, when they need to, mm-hmm. basically. And and they allow runners and can't and, score uh, when they need to, like second and third. And nobody out. Nobody out. Nobody and you're out. Down four to two, and you can't put one of those balls in play. Exactly. Appreciate you calling in, Alex. Thank you. Yeah. Look. That I really like what Alex said because I think there's a misunderstanding on some of this stuff. That Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Max, all of these guys. Well, why don't you just bunt? Why don't you just shoot one through the left side? Because they've never done it before. They've come up in a system where home runs and extra base hits are all that matters. Three true outcomes: walks, strikeouts, home runs. And he's right. Offense. The math says offense run production is more important than run prevention. Defense, whatever. Give me if you have two players, one's a better offense player. I'll take him every time. I don't care how bad he is defensively. Mm. Dodgers aren't a terrible defensive team, but that's the philosophy behind it. It's why they don't steal bases during the regular season. Risking an out on the bases is not what they want. They want home runs. They want those people on base when the home run gets hit. Mm. All of these things. But Alex is right. You get into these series where I don't need a double over the center fielder's head. What I need is a ground ball to the second baseman. Mm. The problem is you're not reteaching Max Muncy, or I'm just picking him off the top of my head, yeah. Corey Seager, pick yeah. a guy, it doesn't matter, how to hit differently in that moment. You need to have players that can do different sorts of things. Until baseball gets rid of the shift, until baseball comes up with some rule changes that force guys to get on base in different ways, it's not going to change. You're going to continue to have feast or famine. The Dodgers lost that series for a variety of reasons, but at the very top of the list, Al, is that they did not hit. Fair to say this or not, that one of the biggest reasons why the Dodgers lost and didn't get a chance to, you know, obviously go back to back this year. Um, and I don't want to make this sound like an excuse, even though it is an excuse. 
Trav, you, you got to change your system in baseball. You just have to. Which system? The team system or the, the global sport? What you have to change is, and I know we hit on this a lot, but this was ultimately the difference of the Dodgers being fresh for the playoffs and not being fresh for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You had to go try and win the division when you had no reason that no reason to have to try to win the division. You put yourself in a spot where the Atlanta Braves really benefited off of this system, and they won 18 games less than the Dodgers. The NLCS started in Atlanta and not in Los Angeles. And there was ridiculous. an 18-game difference. Yeah, that as much as we sit here and you know, again, I don't want to make it make it sound like an excuse, but this is not a small thing. That the Dodgers won 106 games and had to win a wild card and then had to play, play the Giants, and and this wasn't fair for the Giants either. Both of these teams who had the best record in Major League Baseball were at a disadvantage walking into the regular season because as much of a disadvantage it was for the Dodgers, it also was for the Giants. Sure. The only difference for the Giants is they didn't have to play in that one wild card game, but they had the Dodgers in the first round in a five-game set. That I, I could make an argument that the thing that hurt the Dodgers more than anything else is this BS setup. Eh, I, I, it, it's on the list for me, Al, but it's not near the top. It's it's near the bottom. If, it, you're, it, if you're second in the National League and you're not fighting for the division yeah. because you know that ultimately it's the difference of playing the Brewers or the Braves in the first round, just using that as an example, let the Braves in St. Louis play in that wild card mm-hmm. game. You have home field instead of Atlanta. Those are big things. They, they, they're, they're meaningful things. I'm not dismissing them completely, but when you're getting four and five hits a game, I don't care if you're at home or on the road. or, or but They were getting four or five hits a game, and, and there, there were regular season in games where we watch them score three or four runs and they won a game or vice versa they'd have eight or nine runs because their pitching was was still good at that time but the two things collided at the worst possible time look the the game they lost on saturday night they gave up four runs walker bueller was out of the game in the fourth thing that they they did not pitch that bad the bullpen was great they lost because they didn't hit they lost because they how had, upset were you in that 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 one moment on Saturday that they pitched that Kershaw a Kershaw stayed in the game Bueller you mean or I'm sorry yeah that Bueller stayed in the game and B they did not walk with the uh, with first base okay open. we're gonna get to more of these calls coming in a second but this is a great question it, it defies explanation to me I do not understand why you pitched to Eddie Rosario in that situation you got second and third you got two outs Eddie Rosario is hitting the ball in the barrel every single time he comes up to bat. He, You ready for some this numbers? This is a literal – the batting average you're about to throw out, slug and all that stuff, these are real numbers. This is not a, hey, we're – you know how sometimes we just throw out numbers? No, these are these real. These are his real numbers. His, in this series, he hit 560. He got a hit 56% of the time. He was on base 61% of the time. He slugged. 1.040, something around 900s, really, really good. He was over 1,000. You have first base open. It would set up a force at, at, at all four spots. I get it. Freddie Freeman's on deck, and he's real scary too. Sure. I, I, he's not scarier than damn Eddie Rosario, who hasn't gotten out in a week. And you decide that you're going to pitch to him. What Plus happens? You can have a force out. There's other things that turned a play one to nothing advantage. game into yep. a four to nothing game mm-hmm. with a home run. You had Alex Vezia ready to go. That if, was you a wanna, if you want to play a matchup, you, you can play a matchup. But it just it was one of those things. Like, I don't get what we're doing here. Walk him, no matter who's pitching, and then get a left hander in there to make a decision. But it's just it's it's inexplicable to me. Let's try another one. Amador and Southgate. Amador, you're on with Travis and Slay. What's up? 
Hey, good morning, fellas. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, so, listen, I'm going to focus on our bread and butter and say we do not re-sign Scherzer or Kershaw. I know he's a Dodger lifer, but these guys are going to command a high payroll, which we do not have. We still have Urias. We still have Bueller. We still have Dustin May coming back, Gonsolin. We have a great core to work with next year, and we really got to focus that money somewhere else to help with our defense and our infield and outfield. Yeah, thanks, Amador. I, I think that – Al, tell me if you agree with this. I think Max Scherzer's gone. I, I, I just don't think there's any scenario where he comes back because someone is going to offer him a ton of money, and I don't think it's going to be the Dodgers. He's 37 years old. He ran out of gas at the end, and he's still a very, very good pitcher, but that feels like that ship has sailed. I don't agree with the, Amador the, the, on Kershaw. The Scherzer, the Scherzer thing, I'll just say, it seems like the Dodgers are such a well-run organization, and as much money as they spend, it doesn't mean they spend it just loosely that hey let's just throw money all over the place there's still a a lot of strategy to them spending money and I bring that up because the Scherzer piece yeah you're right somebody's probably going to go overspend on a 37 year old looking at you angels they should go do that this is how you're going to get one of those guys that can it is still very very good you're gonna have to overpay him at a weird partner they need another hitter yeah, exactly. They, they should really focus on the offensive <laughs> side of the game and not, not getting people out. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. I want Kershaw to come back. I think Kershaw should come back because what Amador said there a minute ago, I don't know if you're going to have to pay Clayton Kershaw what he would get on the open market, and I'm making up numbers here, but let's say the Texas Rangers say, hey, listen, we'll pay you $36 million a year for three years. Okay, and the Dodgers are like, we're not doing that, but what we will do, again, making up numbers, we'll pay you 24. Okay, so you're not, it's not embarrassing. We're not cutting you down to some weird spot. It is a perfect deal for you to end your career here. We want you to end your career here. And look, if Clayton Kershaw next year is their fourth or fifth best pitcher, that's a damn good pitching staff. Well, just, you know, kind of put this in perspective too. Kershaw's 33, mm-hmm. he's not 37. You know, there are pitchers today that are incredibly valuable um, that are 36, 37, 38 years old. So, and like you said, it's not like you're walking in uh, to spring training and saying, here's our ace, Clayton Kershaw. No, 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 no. No. He's your fourth best pitcher. Yeah, you've got May. You've got Gonsolin. And I understand those, you know, May's coming off an injury. Gonsolin was not very good this year. But you still have Walker Bueller. Yeah. He's your ace. You still have Julio Orias. He's your ace number two. You still have two frontline guys. Time will tell what happens with Trevor Bauer, but he's never going to pitch for the Dodgers again. I would be stunned if he did. But at some point, you're going to get that money back or at least the ability to spend it. The Dodger pitching will be fine without Max Scherzer. So two things when we come back. We'll answer a few more of these calls, these uh, Dodger calls that we have on hold. Plus, Trev, I think the Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard stuff from Friday night (laughs) – which we have not got a chance to get into. Why the are you Lakers, looking at me like that? Well, listen, I'm just saying, I will I will push you to the ground if you say, ever look at me like that. I don't, now that I don't have the mustache, yeah. I feel like you probably could. Here's the deal. Lakers are on a one-game winning streak, so everybody get the hell out of the way. They're number eight in the power rankings. Uh, let's do. Uh, we'll do that coming up next day right here. Travis and Sleeva Show, 710 ESPN. And don't forget, it is a million-dollar Monday, and 710 ESPN is the only station that's giving you a chance to win a million bucks. Listen, all day today, million-dollar Mondays. And if you are selected, you got a chance to win tickets to the Rams and the Titans. That's coming up. It's a Sunday night game, primetime game, November 7th at SoFi Stadium, and a chance to win one million bucks. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I eat healthy in the mornings. I, I didn't, I didn't listening to that back again, I had my mouth a little more full than I would have liked. You asked me the question at the wrong time, but uh, I'm, I'm pleased with my I'm basically, nuts and I'm cool Honestly, I'm basically Tom Brady up until 8 p.m. at night. <laughs> 8 p.m. at night, just all hell breaks loose. You got three games down. You only got 79 left. You're fine. I don't look at it that way. (laughs) I got nine games down. Oh, you're kidding. Now, preseason doesn't count. It does count. No. We're talking about I have to do pre, half, post. Yeah, but that doesn't count. The structure is the exact same. (laughs) Maybe the Lakers weren't paying attention and they didn't care. You know what? You're right. I changed my mind because the Rams preseason games certainly count. You're you're 100% right. It's not like they were saying, hey, don't come in today. But you you still have 79 left. Regardless of the count in, Here's, there's still 79 that remain. Can I tell you something that is they won one. probably not healthy? Mm. Kind of looking forward to these next two games, right? Yeah. I tell Funches, you know, Funch is now producing. I'm like, Funch, kind of can't wait for tomorrow against the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> He's sitting there last night like, what the hell are you talking about? But uh, got a lot of Laker games left. All right, let's try another phone call here. We're talking about the Dodger, the postmortem with the free agents are coming back. Who do you let walk? Who do you bring back? Do you recalibrate this whole thing? Because, look, when it ends, sometimes it can end pretty abruptly and you need to change. They're not going to run this group back. This will be a different-looking team next year. Let's go to OC this time. And Matt, Matt, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Matt? Hi, how you doing? Uh, So I'm kind of confused as far as is is the coach telling – like the one, two, three batters to, to swing for the fence, or is it up to the player? Well, no one's telling them what to do. These guys have been trained a certain way. They've been doing it since the time they were probably in high school. It's it's something that's been going on for an entire way. If you do something one way every day for five years, ten years, twelve years, every day in the in the in the batting cage, you're swinging the bat one way to hit home runs. And the organization said, "We want home runs. We want extra base hits. This is what we want." You don't get to October and have D-Rob go, hey, uh, real quick, hey, come, Corey, come over here. I know you've swung the bat the exact same way every day of your life since high school. Today I need you to shoot one through the left side. It doesn't work like that. It's like asking the – Corey's actually a bad example because he had a good – he did some things that were a little bit different in the playoffs. Corey Seager then, or to yeah. take your pick, Chris yeah. Taylor. It, 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 the point is Trey you, Turner. you develop a skill set and a, and a style. Mm-hmm. This is not what it was when Tony Gwynn was there, and he's like, oh, if I get one in, I'll turn on it and hit it down the line. If they pitch me away, I'll flip it in the left field. Mm-hmm. If, they, if, you know, if he fools me on a breaking ball, I can flip it over the second base. It's cool. Now it's – Swing as hard as you can hmm. at every pitch. If you're going to swing, you better swing as hard as you can because you just might hit it. You might. It's just a different sport now. Yeah. I I I prefer it the other way. The, this the math says this is a better way. It's a worse product to watch. It's it, it's 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 less successful in small sample sizes. But when somebody says swing as hard as you can at everything you see, you don't change it because tonight we need a single. It's almost – I remember asking Michael this in the pregame, uh, Lakers-Warriors. Lakers were coming off – Warriors were coming off a game where they took 69 three-pointers in a game. I said, Michael, is there ever a time you think we're going to go back? Is there going to be a medium here? He goes, no, once that's open, three-pointers becomes the game. And kind of, you know, take this example with baseball. With baseball, I don't know if this is going to go back to. Maybe it does. Maybe it changes. But like you said, everybody's swinging for the fences. Everybody's swinging for the three – 
in the sense from a three point perspective. They're all taking threes. Yeah, that 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 strategy I don't yeah. think is going away. Steph Curry, go down the low post and and body some guys up. That's what that's basically what you're asking. It's like that's not what I do. You, 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 that is not the game that I have. Let's try another one. Robert in East LA. Robert, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Robert? Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking the call. Big time supporter of the show. Thanks, Robert. Um, I don't think it was a disappointing year, to be honest with you. And as far as what uh, Mookie said, I mean, you got to remember, Mookie is very calm, cool, and collected. But deep down inside, you know he's teed off. Of course he is. I mean, he's a competitor. But, you know, I mean, look, overall, I'm just happy that we eliminated the Giants. That's the bottom line of me. I think I would have been <laughs> way more disappointed if we lost to the Giants than losing to the Braves. Well, I think there's a couple of things going on here. I think it is a disappointing season for the Dodgers. The Dodgers were not built to get close. The Dodgers are built to win. They have a $200 plus million payroll. If you don't win the World Series, it's disappointing. If Braves lose to the Dodgers, they can sit back and say, man, yes. we had a good season. If St. Louis wins 17 in a row and gets to, you know, obviously gets to the wild card game and loses, you could say we had a good season. You kind of can't do that with yeah, the Dodgers. And, and the other part is, is they were not the better team in that series. Now, for all the reasons that we've spent discussing for months and months, yeah. but the Braves outplayed them. There's just no two. They they had a better pitching. They got more clutch hits. They got more hits, and their pitching was basically a push. Maybe their bullpen wasn't quite as stout as the Dodgers, but everything else went the, the Braves' way. They, they, you can live with it because it didn't feel like it was meant to be, but yeah, I think, it, Al, there's no way to look at this and not think it was disappointing. I, uh, I I think the it's interesting what you said, and I think the conversation is going to continue here probably over the next few days. Where then we start having the conversation: who do you br- who do you bring back? Who do you let go? What to better fit Trey Turner or Corey mm-hmm. Seager? There's all that stuff Bunch is going to be part of the conversation that will continue uh, now that they're finally in the off season. So players that get into disagreements, teammates, yeah, that get into happens all the time. Yep, happens all the time mm-hmm. that somebody, you know, you and I have we're not pushing each other, but there there are disagreements between teammates all the time sometimes in athletics they become physical yeah they usually don't happen in the second game of the season <laughs> they usually take a little time to build up before that so why were Dwight and AD so upset with one another in the second game of the Gotta season be honest for as much as you and I have watched Lakers of basketball as much as over the last few years I've got a chance to cover the teams that's a really odd moment you know Michael was saying yesterday oh don't make a big deal out of nothing and you know what? You teammates have disagreements all the time. I'm like Michael. Listen, we're talking about obviously Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard on Friday night, second game of the year. Like you mentioned, Trev, um, this is a squad. This is a team that uh, has ex- expectations to go win an NBA championship. What I didn't like is this. These are two guys. Sound like they both started playing yesterday. By the way, if you're Anthony Davis, eighty, Dwight Howard's been in the league for how many years? Dwight Howard has. The dude Dwight is, Howard's a Hall of Fame player. He's a Hall of Famer, and by the, and not just that, like the guy, what does he do for the Lakers? He just comes in, rolls up his sleeves, sacrifices for the team, and does anything he needs to do. Um, it wasn't a good look. Like I, I don't know how else to explain. I I didn't. I was not. Sometimes you see teammates do something, and you say, "I like that." You know what? That's going to fire up the squad. That's going to do this. That's going to do that. I walked away from that situation. Ad, you got to show more from a leadership perspective. Yeah. Why don't you walk over to Dwight Howard, have a conversation? Why don't you go at halftime in the locker room behind closed doors? If you don't think it's going to be a story of AD and Dwight Howard on ESPN, the game's on uh, televised on ESPN, it's the Lakers and the Suns on a Friday night game. If you don't think that's going to just kind of take its own, and whether 
anybody's going to tell you, and Dwight Howard went out of his way to say, look, there's nothing here. You guys can do what you're doing. We squashed it. We're good. But it's impossible not to walk away saying, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it, look, Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. I believe that it is squashed. I don't I, agree. I, 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 think I agree that with this. You. Look, 99 times out of 100, when I see two teammates F-bomb each other, yeah. Machado and Tatis screaming and yelling, animated, people are angry. These are competitive people, and sometimes your emotions get to be, It's not a big deal. It really, truly isn't a big deal, except it usually doesn't happen this quickly. Usually what happens is the reason Manny Machado blew up at Fernando Tatis is because they'd been playing for five and a half months. The whole thing was spiraling out of control for the Padres. They hadn't played Couldn't well in a, a game. month. St. Louis went from eight back to eight up on the Padres. <laughs> the whole thing was a disaster, and Manny Machado f- finally snapped. Yeah, I'd, I'd had enough. You're being a selfish player. Yep. Knock it off. Do better. And yeah. in the process saying you're the baddest man, right. you know, all right. that stuff. Happens. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was the second game of the Second season. game of the year. <laughs> That's the part that makes in me like go, the second quarter. Huh. This is a little quick to be that short-tempered. Yeah. This is a, this is a little early to be that animated with something. Because, look, if you're going through two weeks, a month, and, and the what were they talking about? It's defensive rotations that somebody yeah. missed. Yeah. And if it's the same missed defensive rotation a month down the road, eventually you can see, hey, dude. Come on! It was the second game of the season. Now, you could say, hey, listen, they're fighting hard. They want to win, et cetera, et cetera. It was the second by, game by of the By the way, season. if you ask me, hey, would you rather see that or not see that? I would have rather not seen that. And again, I think that, that you pointed. It's also who are the players, right? It's AD and Dwight. Like I said, Dwight Howard is a, is a, he's a Hall of Famer that doesn't just – He's not doing anything with selfish intentions on this team. I think you got to remember that, Dwight. I don't think they're selfish intentions, but let, let look. There's Dwight, the valuable role player on this team, which yeah. he is. Dwight, yeah. the valuable role player on that championship team a couple of years ago, which he was. Dwight was a valuable role player in Philadelphia last year. But Dwight was also the guy that was having everybody roll their eyes when he'd walk into a locker room for 10 years. I think Dwight is one of those guys that could probably wear pretty thin pretty quickly, I just am surprised that it happened but that, this but quickly. But that's what I'm saying is Dwight was a certain type of player for so many years. He was a franchise player. He's put all that to the side. Dwight has come out. All he's done has been um, a player that obviously is trying to help the team win. Okay, on a good on a, a good side here, it's time for the stat hero, weekend hero. Let's talk about the fantasy um, – or not the fantasy football. Talk about specifically um, – uh, Trav, I, I know I've kind of had this before mm-hmm. and you've had it before as well. You pick guys that you can just run with. You know that over the weekend that there's certain guys that you can not just pick and choose on a daily basis, but there's certain players that you can depend on. Who'd you pick over the weekend? I had Carson Wentz because I needed a quarterback on one of the primetime games, and he got me a whole. He got me 31.8 points, three touchdowns. Lee, this is one of the guys that I do not did not have a ton of faith in, but now I got Lockett and Metcalf coming up tonight. I didn't have Cooper Cup because he was on all the other teams, and I just didn't want to neutralize it right there. But this is why Stat Hero is so much fun. If they've got a lineup that you like, you're like, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Pick a different one. Mm. You know who you're going up against. And even Carson Wentz can have a day where he, uh, it's not quite blue yet, but it's going to be blue by the end of the night. That means I won on Stat Hero. My whole page is filled with blue. Slee, it's pretty exciting. Stat Hero, the exclusive daily uh, fantasy app partner of the Travis and Slee Show. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that gives a player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. Stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. Okay, Trav, we got some 
Factor Cap coming up next. Sweet. You a cauliflower guy? <laughs> are you You're about to find out. Are you uh are you substituting cauliflower for the bread don't, and everything don't, else? Don't I look like a guy that really likes to stay away from the carbs? Factor Cap <laughs> coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeva show 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Right before we get to you, fact or cap, this is this is good news. You know how I always like to listen to these quotes and hear what guys say and try to read between the lines yeah. and what they do and they don't say? Here's Corey Seager when he asks if he wants to come back. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, I grew up here. And I've spent a lot of time here. Um, I believe in what these guys do. I believe in how we go about it. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's good news. That that's what that's not. Hey, look. We'll I don't see know. What sometimes happens. you say like when you hear, stay. yeah, but when you hear things, at sometimes it's you, over. There's no there's no need to service the account right there. The second that ball hit Freddie Freeman in the glove, he's a free agent. I'm done. I got yeah, I got but, nothing here. I, 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 and if I'm feeling a certain way, I don't have to say that. But, well, here, here's the thing. First of all, there's no reason. It's not like the Dodgers have done him wrong. It's no, not like the not Do- it's not like he hasn't. Whatever check he gets in this offseason, Dodgers have also put him in a great position. It, it's worked. Yep. It's been yep. a great marriage. No so like, question about even it. Even if he wasn't coming back to the Dodgers, I think he has nothing but respect for an organization that's done him well. The Dodge, the, If he leaves, it's not going to be because the Dodgers don't want him. That, that's why I like this as much as I do. The Dodgers are going to go and try to, to keep him. I, I truly believe Actually, that. Actually, I don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't have the answer to that because all I've heard since Trey Turner came to the Dodgers was, oh, this guy is going to replace Corey Seager. Trey Turner made Corey Seager a lot of money in the last couple of weeks. You're right, he has. <laughs> Let's just say that. Well, Trey Turner's he, lucky that he doesn't he, have a contract expiring. Yeah, he, he made Corey Seager look a little bit more valuable than he may have uh, a month or so ago when, Tur- when Turner was getting three hits a game. Trey Turner's a great player, had a terrible postseason. He's a great player with – He'll be a great player next season I, as well. I'm not, he's going to be just fine. little factor cap. We're going to start off with – What our, is going on? <laughs> our favorite subject, which is Paul Logan. Logan Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is yep, that's a big uh, one. So it's in the works that Mike Tyson and Logan Paul will fight uh, in February. So you would watch a Mike Tyson-Logan Paul fight. Travis, this is factor cap. <sighs> Such a good question. I like the hesitation. Um, I think it's a fact, and here's why. I have no interest in Paul Logan as a boxer. Um, I don't think that the fights are real. I don't think that they're competitive athletic endeavors, and I don't have interests in a sideshow. Okay? What's However, his brother's name? Paul something or other. However, Mike Tyson could hurt him, which is interesting to me. That if Mike Tyson gets in there and fights... That's really interesting. I know Mike is on the wrong side of 50 and all this stuff, but Mike can still throw a punch. And if there's even a moment where Mike thinks this isn't an exhibition and decides to let his hands go a little bit, 
Yeah, I'd kind of like to see that. So I think for the first time ever, I'm in on one of these things. All right, let me say this. Um, in a weird way, and I'm not the guy that goes and buys these fights. Okay, Yeah, it makes like, two of us. Uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I bought that fight. But that's a that's a real fight. They're both boxers. <laughs> it's a real fight. They're both professional fighters. I'm not the exhibition guy. Even though Mayweather, Conor McGregor, that one I didn't actually buy. I went to an event and and watched it there. Does that mean you streamed it illegally on your phone? No, I li- <laughs> I literally went to an event and it's a work phone. So if I'm going to stream it illegally, I'm going to use a different device. Um, but with that being said, I think I'm with you on this one. Yeah. I watched this one. Here's the problem. It's the mic piece, right? Yeah. Well, no question about it. And it's the people run their mouth. And at some point, you want to see anybody who runs their mouth kind of take one to the chin. Was was it Rocky Three mm-hmm. when uh, Rocky fought Thunderlips? No, nope. th- that was Karate Kid Two. <laughs> and so Hulk Hogan is Thunderlips, right? And and Thunderlips comes out and he's throwing Rocky around the ring. And Rocky's like, "I thought this was an exhibition." And Mickey says to Rocky, he "Goes, yeah, but nobody told him." That's what I need Mike Tyson to be. I need Mike Tyson to yeah, not know that this is an exhibition. I need a warning for Logan Paul, bro. No. Be careful. Oh, no. because if Mike Tyson Shh. decides. Shh. I don't care how old he is. If Mike Tyson wants to lay you out, he's going to lay you out. So if this fight ends up happening, um, my uh, my thoughts. I, yeah, and thoughts prayers and prayers to Look, Logan Paul. I think we can all say that Mike is an unpredictable person, so you never know exactly uh, what's coming up next. All right, next, we all know uh, that the World Series, I guess, is coming up on Tuesday. It doesn't really exist, I guess, the Dodgers aren't in it, but... Nothing in sports could be worse than seeing the Astros win the World Series. Alan, is this fact or cap? So this is fact, and I'll tell you why. Because it doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or not a sports fan. It doesn't matter if you're an Astros fan or not an Astros fan, Dodgers fan, not a Dodgers fan. All that is irrelevant. When an organization cheated its way to a World Series, and everybody knows, you know, they know the storyline, they know how it happened, the last thing you want is some validation towards that organization. And here's the reality. If they win the World Series, and I'm actually, I, I actually walked by Bergman's office, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. Like, you watching the World Series? He's like, no. I'm like, am I the only one that's going to watch the World Series? <laughs> I think it's a good matchup. I, I, actually, I actually think yeah. it's a good matchup. If the Houston Astros, whether you like to hear it or not, win a World Series, eh, it gives them a little bit of something. I think it does, too. Um, I don't want them to win. I, I, I feel that what they did was... It was unsportsmanlike in the most g- legitimate sense of the word. I'm not talking about you're your dancing around after a home run or anything. I'm talking about it, it. what makes this stuff fun is that we assume that the games are played by a certain set of Strategy, rules. Strategy, unpredictable, anything can happen, injuries. And it comes down to who performed better in the moment. Yep. This is playing poker where I know what hands are, what cards are in your hand. I'm not. You might beat me on a hand here or there, but I'm not going to lose the pot to you. It was it was fraudulent, and I don't want any legitimate. Because I agree with you. Look, Correa's still there, Altuve's still there, Bregman's still there. Those are the main offenders of this whole thing. But the vast majority of the rest of the roster has been turned over. These guys had very little to do with it, other than those three. But I just don't want a world where the Astros can say, "Yeah, but look at this one too." It just, I, I don't. And that, that probably happens, even though you'll never have respect for the guys. Yeah. Last one: when people swap carbs for cauliflower, like cauliflower pizza, cauliflower wraps, things like that. Cauliflower rice. Yeah, it's immediately bad. Travis, factor cap. Fact. 
fact. I look, we got into my cinnamon thing the other day. I don't yeah. eat cinnamon because mm-hmm. I had a really bad experience You're with spoiled cinnamon rolls yep. for life. How long Call, ago was that? You said I was twelve years old. Isn't that Maybe amazing 11. that it's yeah. still haunting you to this I, I day? I can't. The smell of a cinnamon roll, which everyone's like, oh, it's oh, so, did you see the video yesterday? Tagged us on. The I did. Roll that looked chili. awful. That looked somebody how had come, a bowl come, of chili yeah. eating it instead of with a spoon, like with a piece cinnamon of cinnamon roll. It was terrible. How come I was like, yeah, let's kind of try that. Ugh, try that no, hard pass. There is exactly one vegetable that I will not eat. Cauliflower. Really? Anything else, I'm your guy. I'll eat it. But cauliflower, it's gritty. It's got like a sandy texture to it. Okay. I'm, I'm hard pass. Um, cauliflower rice, might as well just not eat it. Like it's not happening. I, I appreciate the effort here, but if you're going to have rice, just have rice. Cauliflower pizza. That crust, it's not that bad. Of course, it's not better than a regular pizza, but you don't really taste the cauliflower. You don't. And if you if it's crisped up crisped up enough in the oven, some it's actually not that bad. Uh, the problem is if you got to like weigh, weigh the two, then what are you going to do here? I, look, You're if gonna I'm going to eat pizza, pizza I'm going to eat pizza. pizza. I don't need pizza on top of a smashed vegetable patty. That sounds just terrible. Why? I'll do a veggie. I'll do a veggie burger. That's fine. But I'm having a veggie burger. I'm not trying to have a hamburger disguised as something else. It's a veggie burger. I'm I, I'm fully aware. But that is going a hamburger in. disguised. No, it's a veggie burger. They're not saying we're gonna actually do the meat and all the stuff, but on the bread we're gonna mix it up with cauliflower buns. It's just call just. Burn every cauliflower plant to the ground. Burn cauliflower is not bad. If there's one way to cook cauliflower, <laughs> it in the oven. just char the hell nah, out of it. I, uh, I am hard out on all that. How about this, Lee? We got a little uh, a little breaking news okay, what do we got? in the Rams world. Okay. I'm going to tell you what we got coming back on the other side. It is Trav and Slee, 710. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So if there's a team in the NFL, Al, that is not afraid of making a trade... It's the Los Angeles Rams. It seems like every year they're going to do something, and they just made another trade, only this time they're sending someone out and getting picks back in return. This from Adam Schefter's Twitter page. The Rams are sending linebacker Kenny Young and a 2024 seventh-rounder to the Broncos in exchange for a 2024 sixth-round pick. So basically the Broncos need help at linebacker. Kenny Young's going there, and the Rams get a six, and they give up a seven. Breaking news on 710 is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-thru oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Here's the thing that's a little surprising about that. Yeah. Kenny Young's played pretty well for the Rams so far this season. It wasn't like every week you're saying, Kenny, where were you? What are you doing? What would you miss that for? Why would you miss that assignment? Why would you miss that tackle? He played pretty well, so they must feel pretty good about Ernest Jones, who's the guy that will probably take that spot moving forward. But this is the first time we've seen the Rams move a player for some picks coming back in a while. Usually it's the Rams going out and acquiring a guy uh, with a trade. How do you like their spot right now? I think they're in a great spot. Yeah, I I, I think it's kind of a, a unique spot because the schedule is what it is. Mm-hmm. Because the Giants are terrible. Because the Lions are terrible. Because the Texans are terrible. They picked off the two of these first three, and I, I'd be stunned if they don't win next week in Houston. That it's hard to evaluate them because the teams they're playing against are so bad. Fact of the matter is, though, Al, they're six and one. They're right on the heels of the Arizona Cardinals. And you know what I loved yesterday? 
at SoFi Stadium. So usually mm-hmm. I'm in the press box, right? Yep. And it's why it's do you a say it like view. that? Like the way you said it. What's that? Yeah, you just kind of you said usually. I'm in the press box. Yes. There's a name tag that says, hey, Travis Rogers. That's right. 710 ESPN. Also correct. You just say it with a, I don't know. That's my spot. Yeah. That's where, that's where I go. I that's where I watch the, the games. I espresso machine. I did. I, I made a point to point it out to Emily when I came back with my, it's yeah. double espresso, a little respect, please. Uh, I you got, went to the, the folks went, making the hot dogs and no, said, that's going to need a little bit more time on the grill. I did the sub sandwich yesterday with mm-hmm. the double espresso, and if I'm being full disclosure, sure. I ate an entire box of M&M's by myself. So that, that and I offered him to Emily. I offered him a Kirk, box of M and M's. Yeah, he a said. He said this is a communal box of M and M's. If yeah. you guys want it, you can have it. It's communal, and, but don't touch it. No, I put <laughs> it right. But it was also three M&Ms. seats, two seats away from I, me, so I couldn't reach I put, over and I get it. I put it right in front of Kirk, hoping that Kirk would have a few and hand them down your way, Emily. I wanted to share. Instead, yeah. nobody. I ate the whole box, so that that's what that went down. That wasn't the point of all of this, <laughs> although I did enjoy talking about the M and M's. I went and sat in the third quarter with a friend of mine who was at the game, and we I watched the game from not in the press box. SoFi was rocking. That's confusing. It was. I don't understand why it would be rocking yesterday against the Lions. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was surprised, Al. I yeah. really was. Because, look, the Bears are going to bring fans. Tampa and Tom Brady, they're going to bring fans. Cowboys. There are certain teams. Sure. You know, the 49ers. The C- there are fans. The, the Lions, other than the Jared Goff thing, was kind of like, whatever, it's the Detroit Lions. Place was six, yeah. loud. Mm-hmm. The fans when <laughs> when Jared Goff threw that interception, the place went wild. Mm-hmm. It was really loud. Maybe really excited. Anything have to do with this couple minutes left in the game, and it's still a one possession sure. game. Sure, yeah. sure. But it was the game leading up to it. The, the you got a busted play for a sixty-three yard touchdown. Right, yep. guy misses yep. a tackle, he goes the whole way. Then an onside kick. Like, well, what in the world's going on here? And then they they stall, and then they're getting lined up to punt, and then they complete a pass from the punter. And you're like, well, what what's going on here? The Rams had the ball once in the first quarter. Once. They only had one possession. They scored on that possession. But you knew it was just a matter of time until they continued to get the ball. They had seven real drives yesterday. I'm not talking end to half and yeah. the, you know that kind of stuff. Seven real drives. They scored on five of them. But the Lions made it really interesting by just stealing possessions with fakes over and over again. It was a weird, fun, exciting game. The Rams won and all is right with the world. A couple texts from yesterday. Just kind of share our interaction yesterday during the game. You said someone should have told him, you're talking about Jared Goff, that O-linemen aren't, you know, eligible. <laughs> I said, love the creativity. Okay, Another one, um, I said Goff 100% has this defense motivated. He's basically a two-way player. And then the last one, sources say uh, Goff drew up the fake punt. Yeah, well. You just don't give credit to greatness. He dropped back, and yeah. he's under pressure. And he sees a guy and throws a pass and hits him in the back, and it was his right tackle. <laughs> Confuse a right tackle it, it, for a wide okay. receiver. I'm going to do this, and I, I, I promise this is it. This okay. is the last one. Mm-hmm. There were a handful of moments where you got the entire Jared Goff experience in one afternoon yesterday. The experience of, by the way, that dude is one tough you-know-what. He is not a wimp. He's getting you, – you, Jalen Ramsey hit him so hard, I'm like – that, that might be the end of that. He pops right back up. Mm. Aaron Donald lands on him on the interception and pops right back up. Mm. He's a tough guy. We saw that. No one ever called Jared Goff anything other than a tough guy. He threw a couple of passes. Like, that was perfect. Mm. There's no defense for that. That was perfect. And then he threw an interception on the goal line. And the, the last thing you want is incons- <laughs> you know that you're, you have no idea what's going to happen with your was, quarterback was, with you every throw. Just, you can see it coming a mile away. Okay, let me say this real quick. So Arizona 7-0. This is the NFC right now. 
Arizona seven and zero. Tampa's won four in a row. They're six and one since they lost to the Rams. Green Bay's six and one. They've won five uh, six in a row. Rams are six and one. Dallas is five and one. They've won five in a row. Mm-hmm. The NFC is you have five teams dominating the conference, and then really a lot of have-nots, injuries, whatever you want to call it. Next, after this game against um, Houston coming up, Tennessee. On a Sunday night. On a Sunday night at SoFi. At San Francisco. Monday night. On a Monday night. At Green Bay. Got to buy after San Francisco. Bye week, and then at Green Bay, uh, November 28th. Yeah. You got some... You got some fantastic games coming up. Here's what's left on the back. Once you get past Houston, which is the quasi halfway point because 17 games, you've got two with San Francisco who are your nemesis in this division. You've got one against the Arizona team that's already beaten you and beaten you soundly. You've got another tough division game against Seattle, which Russell Wilson might be back by sure, then. Sure. You've got and all these teams that you're talking about within the division, even if they're not fighting for a play, they're trying to beat the Rams. Well, of course. You've mm-hmm. got Green Bay left. You've got Minnesota left. And you've got Baltimore left. Mm. They've got they've got seven games on their schedule. Once you get past that, the, you got Jacksonville in there. That's kind of a throwaway one, but it makes it exciting but every every week. Absolutely, that yeah. schedule is real. They, look, they're going to win thirteen or fourteen games. It, it really feels you know injuries are always the great equalizer, but they're in that group of teams. Yeah. No one no one's going to win sixteen or seventeen or yeah. even fifteen games. But the Rams are going to win twelve, thirteen, fourteen. They're going to be in a perfect position going into the playoffs, which is exactly where we thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. That's how good they are. They're, they're, this is exactly what the expectations were. This is exactly why they made the move that they did. The defense gives up yards, but not a ton of points. There's a lot of really good things with the Rams. One, one very quickly, Slee, they got special teams problems. They do need to clean that up. That has been an absolute mess so far. All right, let's do this when we come back. Um, 877-710-ESPN. Let's talk some Dodgers baseball. Dodgers eliminated. They are no longer obviously a part of the mix. They lose four games to two to the Atlanta Braves. How do you feel about this Dodger team? How much did the decisions leading up to this postseason and fighting for the division, how much do you think that had an impact on them losing to the Atlanta Braves? Plus, um, what is the most important thing in the offseason for the Dodgers? We can get into that as well. 877-710-ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program, now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping veterans in need. You can learn more at keystoprogress.com. I'm excited to talk about the Dodgers because there's one guy they absolutely make, need to make sure that they do not mess around with. That's coming up in just a bit.